You're listening to the Brown Sign Project podcast. Every journey a visitor takes through your attraction should immerse them in your values and heritage and leave them wanting more. Stephen Spencer and Associates are a team of highly experienced tourism and retail aficionados who will help you develop a sixth sense in order to maximise every opportunity. We're here to help you build and engage your team to own and enhance your visitor experience. Above all, we're here to help you increase your profitability in these challenging times because people become engaged team members and loyal customers when they love your attraction as much as you do. Welcome to the Brown Sign Project, the podcast that opens up the tensor barrier and takes you behind the scenes of the tourism industry. I'm Carly Strawn. And I'm Carlton Gadgetong. In this episode of the Brown Sign Project, we have a great conversation with Lucy Handel, a marine biologist working in health and safety within the tourism industry. As always, we'll talk to her about her career path, but Lucy will offer some great advice of how not always taking the direct path can enhance your skills and open up more possibilities. Lucy is also a great advocate of mentors sharing their knowledge in order to create a great team and talks about how that rewards everybody in the process. But just before we get to our chat with Lucy, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Staff Savvy and Stephen Spencer and Associates. I'd also like to point out that Carlton didn't take part in this conversation, and it's just because he's too busy doing top secret work, as usual. But nothing to worry about. He'll be back next week. Hi, Lucy. Really nice to see you. Um, Hi. For those, well, I mean, I'm seeing you, but for everyone else, obviously, they can hear you. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, um, I am Lucy. I've, um, I'm, I, I guess, at heart, a, a marine biologist, a big um, animal lover. Um, I currently work uh, in health and safety in in the tourism and attractions industry, um, and I've had quite, a, I guess, a varied journey to get there. Um, I started working in the diving industry um, abroad in in tourist um, areas, I guess, probably the best way to describe that would be kind of beach resort tourism. Um, And then started working in mostly in the aquarium industry, uh, which then led me um, into a slightly different career change into into health and safety, but with a, a big part of my job scope is is kind of looking after aquariums and diving and the animal kind of handling side of things so uh yeah that's me awesome um which kind of brings me to I guess the 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 icebreaker question for everyone this season which is what job did you want to do when you were a child because I think there's probably have you always wanted to do that have you always been a diver I I pretty much have always been really interested in that. I I had a brief period of time where I was quite young and I wanted to um <laughs> I wanted to wash the oil off of birds after oil spills. <laughs> wow. Um so still involved in animals and I think as I I got a bit older I realized that maybe wasn't a, a specific job uh, where is this for other elements that come into that but um I, I've always been interested in in the the marine world and and things like that um actually stemmed from an odd place uh when I was quite young a, a babysitter probably incorrectly showed me the the movie Jaws and I just became absolutely obsessed with sharks I think I went 
kind of the opposite way to most people that that see those. Yeah, those m- most people who watch Jaws don't don't root for the shark. Oh, no, they're they're completely wrong, obviously. Um, yeah, so uh, from from a really young age, and and I count myself really lucky that I, you know, every day pretty much get to do a job that I'm interested in and passionate about, and that's definitely the reason I've I've stayed and also diversified as well. I think that's awesome. Um, you just you've made me think that that is a very specific point in time of your of when you were a child of birds having oil washed off them for our, yeah. young, for our younger listeners and maybe some of our older listeners they're going that's a really niche thing but very I remember niche. as a kid that being like really big news that being lots of oil spills yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I and my um I, I remember going um, into into work with my mum my mum's um in the has always been in the medical profession and um you know people are always saying to me oh do you want to be a nurse like your mum and saying no I want to wash oil off of birds and <laughs> I think probably I'd quite like to to see those people's faces again now just to see their reactions as I'm sure they were quite varied probably a bit closer to washing oil off beds than you are to being a nurse I guess uh, you were right I'd say so yeah I'd I'd, I'd say so um, so in terms of you said obviously you've you've had a bit of a varied career um, what qualifications do you have and do you did they impact your career which it sounds to me like they did yeah yeah absolutely and and I I you know having picked what career I wanted as a as quite a young child I've I've engineered my qualifications to to get me into those industries which um has definitely helped um so I I started off um diving when I was quite young uh and then did my instructor courses while I was at university which is has really helped um and obviously in in terms of my first jobs out of uni as a diving instructor that you know was absolutely a necessary qualification and something that that helps me every day um at work and has done in in the aquarium industry um especially when you look at uh, certain things now that are coming in like you know helmet diving experiences um you know discover scuba dives that that various aquariums all across the world offer having having that knowledge really helps um from a kind of commercial point of view but then also from an animal welfare point of view in terms of just being able to clean a tank and maintain it and have that um better view of of animals uh in in you know in certain environments um has really helped uh, and then i i went on at university to do a, a degree in marine biology um, which I, I absolutely loved. I loved being surrounded by people that had the same interest as me, which I, I just didn't have that at school. And and yeah, I've, I mean, fundamentally, those, those things absolutely got me hired into my first uh, jobs in, in, in the tourism industry and working in aquariums. And what was your first job? What was the first job that you did? My first job um, I, I, in the tourism sector, I think, was working for a, um, a, a resort um, in Greece, uh, teaching people to dive uh, or doing uh, discover scuba diving experiences, not necessarily full courses, um, which was a seasonal job in the summer. Um, so I'd, I think it was almost straight out of university because I, I had to come home for my graduation. Um, and I, I loved that. Um, it, it was brilliant. Um, it was it, definitely something I'd recommend, you know, if people had the opportunity to do to go and to go and work abroad and you know meet loads of people. And I, I still have friends, you know, from that time in my life that that I'm I'm very close with now. Um, I, I guess my first proper job um, 
with you know having a a a contract and a salary and things like that would would be working in an aquarium so i was um recruited as a as an aquarist which is kind of like your first starting role in in animal husbandry and animal welfare so doing things like water chemistry um feeding uh, making sure the animals you know have have everything they need um yeah so that that was that was kind of how i how i got into it and just absolutely loved it and and carried on really that's awesome i think you we you you get the the slap on the wrist for saying proper job <laughs> that is, I do, yeah I, think, I do we, we're I all do. we're all very very guilty of of saying oh i did this other thing until i got a real job but that actually yeah. in in you know all jobs are, are real jobs at that point oh absolutely and i wouldn't you know i wouldn't change it for anything and uh I think I think that's probably hearing hearing you know my my mum and dad's voices of you know have to get a pension and, and do these things which you know stuff like that's important but ultimately doing what you love and what makes you happy is is the best thing which I guess is kind of covers our next question which is what advice would you give yourself when if you could speak to Lucy who's about to embark on had first trip to Greece what's the advice that you're giving her you know that's a it's a really good question and I think that um probably not not specific to to that first job but but my career as a whole as it's gone on would be to be be your authentic self I think that until until you're you're completely authentic you can't ever really feel truly confident in what you're doing and and you end up holding yourself back in certain ways and I I don't have um regrets or resentment but I I did go through you know a large chunk of my career I think earlier on thinking yeah I needed to be a certain way or, or I needed to communicate in a certain way to get to this point and whilst I absolutely think there's there's flex in communications that you need to have um, and that's a great skill to learn. Um, you still need to be yourself. Um, and when people can see your true self, you end up being surrounded with people that you that you get on better with and actually being recruited for jobs that are right for you as well. Um, and I, you know, I definitely say to people, don't don't worry about pretending to be someone else. Um, you know, be be yourself. I think that's probably good advice for for outside of work as well. But uh, yeah, definitely for a career. Yeah, I think it's difficult to find things that fit you, whether that's work or whether that's a group of people or whatever. If if you're not sure what that fit is, if you're not sure who you are, and let's say if you're projecting yourself in a certain way, is that people will take you at face value and then you will get Mm -hmm. offered roles that maybe make you a little bit uncomfortable or you will end up in positions where you think actually this isn't for me and I think I, absolutely definitely early on in your career when you're trying to figure out who that person is and how they turn up to work is definitely more difficult I think I certainly went through stages of thinking you know like do I have to wear a suit and do I have to be a specific way to be professional do, you know and I think all of us have, have suffered from that at some point before realizing that actually if you do turn up and you wear a suit every day, you're going to get jobs that give you suits. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been really lucky. I've had some really great advice from from people as, as I've gone on. And that's definitely something that I've taken away and, and, and viewed, I think, particularly strong women as well, being themselves and and not having, you know, what we may perceive as as being 
negative to to other people and that's it's made a massive impact and it's definitely something I would say to anybody yeah definitely and so we kind of talked about um the kind of advice you you would give and the the um the, the kind of path that you've had to get here um what would your top three tips be for actually getting your foot in the door so that first hire um, you know, you t- we talked about your first job and and sort of what skills do you think you need? What would your, your top tips be for getting that mm. foot in the door? I think for me, a big one is um, as much as, you know, people uh, get qualified and they train to to do a specific job that they want. Sometimes that just isn't possible at that time. And my my advice would be if you want to work, for example, you want to work in an aquarium. Um, be a marine biologist but there's not any animal care jobs get any job in that attraction that they're hiring for if it's a cleaner if it's a talk person if it's someone working in retail um, all of those are great jobs Um, and what they will do is they will give you an understanding of that business they'll give you an understanding of who works in that business you can build those relationships and when you when those jobs next come up, you're going to be at the forefront of people's minds because you'll have spent that time, you know, networking with people, getting to know the business. And, you know, some of my best recruits have been people who have come in internally up up the ladder. And, you know, you can teach people a lot of things. You can train people to do a lot of things and a lot of aspects of business but them understanding how the business operates is is such a huge thing to start off with um and that so that would be my my first bit of advice to just take take any of the jobs that are available and you know in your interview say to people you know if 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 I'm not a fit for this job at this time I would really appreciate if you could let me know if you've got any other vacancies available Um, I guess my my second point which kind of ties in with that is is to be persistent um, so just just to give you an example, um, I, I was recruiting um, years ago for for a, a senior aquarist position in an aquarium, and we had a very tight deadline. Um, and, and there was someone on paper who I thought this person's great, and we invited them to the assessment centre and interview. But unfortunately, they they couldn't make that date. Um, but that that was the only one we could do. Um, And they followed up and they said, look, you know, I'm working somewhere else. We're a bit short staffed. And if if I if I take this time off, it's really going to leave them in the lurch. Um, I will make any other date and day happen. And actually ended up thinking, you know, I really appreciate that. I I appreciate you're someone who doesn't want to let down your current colleagues. That's the kind of attitude that I like. Um, And so I I did interview them at a separate time. and they, they ended up being, you know, one of one of actually the best people that that's ever worked for me and, and watching their career uh, go on has been, you know, an absolute joy. So I think having that persistence, um, you know, I got turned down or, or really just didn't hear back from more than 20 jobs before I even got an interview. Um, and and you've just it, it is it is disheartening sometimes but you've just got to keep being persistent. Um, and I guess the last piece of advice I'd say is is to to network with people, um, particularly if I think if you're interested in a job, um, you know, resources like LinkedIn, reach out to people who are in jobs that you want 
um, or that you think you would like and, and, you know, drop them a message and say, look, hey, you know, I'm really interested in this career. Um, I'm interested in the type of job that you do. You know, what what do you think has helped you the most? Um, you know, what courses, qualifications, you know, videos have you have you taken part in or watched that, that you think would be beneficial for me if I was wanted to get into this role? Um, and I, I don't think there's enough of that. I don't see a lot of that going on, but I think it's really beneficial. Um, and, you know, I've had a couple of messages from people on LinkedIn um, and, and other sources, and it's it's been really nice. And I absolutely have taken the time to, you know, to give them a bit of advice because I would appreciate that that coming to me. And I know other people that have, that have been able to do that. So I think yeah. it's a re- really good tool. You know, go to conferences, even if you're not in, in the job, um you know pay pay for your ticket get to the conference just get chatting to people and and meeting people yeah and I would absolutely second that I think we've lost a lot of that um one-to-one kind of connection somewhere along the line because we're so used to now putting our CVs into online portals and answering online questions and doing you know tests or whatever is yeah sort of until you're in the interview room sometimes you don't even know who's in the business that you're looking at but I think it is there's still the personal connection really matters and I think for a lot of people is just knowing somebody that has a connection to that industry is is a massive thing and I would say like yeah before I got one of the jobs that was really important to my career I absolutely paid for myself to go to a conference and at the time it was a lot of money and at the time you know it felt like a real gamble but it, it made a big investment in, you know, I, I could have walked away from that that four days with a number of people's contacts that, you know, when I was then looking for another role came in really, really handy of just, you know, being able to reach out to them and, and say hi. And I do think we've lost, you get told, you know, don't not to do that stuff, but it's absolutely how people are getting jobs. Absolutely. absolutely yeah it's, it's, it's definitely, and, you know, and even if um, you don't have a vacancy, you often know someone who has that's happened to me before where I've had someone that wasn't necessarily right for that job but I was aware of someone else uh, recruiting a, a similar position and I've said you know you should think of this person um here's their details and said to them look you know go and apply for this job um or, or next time you know people that I've thought hmm who, who was that person that applied for that role before I think they'd be really good for this and it's um you know, it's, it's great to, to chat to people and get your name out there. It's, it's, it's really valuable. Yeah, I think, um, and it has to be genuine. I think from the other point of view of anyone who's listening to this thinking, oh, great, I'm just going to smash loads of emails out to people on LinkedIn, yeah. is that make sure you are being genuine about it. I think everybody can smell a kind of, I'd like that job sort of reaction post as opposed yeah. to someone who is genuinely interested, wants to have a chat and and to go in with the grace to think this might be absolutely useless to me. Uh, you know, I might have a conversation with somebody and it not result in a job or a new network person and just sort of prepare yourself for, for the disappointment. But I think in most cases, you'll find it super, super useful. Yeah. And I think I guess on the other side of that is you might end up having various conversations that lead you to think, actually, this, this probably isn't the career that I that I thought it was. And, you know, having a bit of a rethink. And that's, you know, that's that's as much as it might be disheartening, that's actually very useful in the long run, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can avoid a lot of pretty rubbish jobs if you just sort of figure out if it's the, the role for you first. And, yeah, exactly. and I've had that in my career where I've been, 
maybe three interviews into a process and thought, oh, actually, I'm really, even if they want me to be the person for this job, I'm just not going to be comfortable. It's it's a two way street. It always is a two way street. I think absolutely. I think people in interviews forget that, you know, asking questions in an interview is so important. And I think you get so and I've been guilty of this. Yes, I get really nervous in interviews. And I just think, oh, gosh, you know, I really want to impress this person and all, the, all these people. And but actually, you know, I, I don't want to have a job that I don't like and that doesn't fit me. And, and you've got to you've got to find that fit both ways. Like you said, it's, it's definitely a two way street. And, I, you know, people should absolutely consider that and make sure that they ask the right questions and take time for themselves. Yeah. And I think a um, bit of advice for those people listening who maybe do the hiring as well is, it's it's in your best interest to impress the person that you're trying to hire you know it's not it's not a one-way street here they can walk away as much as as you can not give them a job exactly do you spend hours creating your rotors and then spend days constantly adjusting them we have the solution at staff savvy we specialize in shift schedules and timesheet solutions for visitor attractions Easily manage multiple complex teams of permanent, casual, freelance and volunteer staff across different locations and disciplines. With fast communication features, automatic compliance tools, training management and simple timesheet tools, Staff Savvy has been used and trusted by organisations such as V&A Dundee, the Southbank Centre and the Royal Albert Hall with great cost-saving benefits. Visit us at staffsavvy.com forward slash brown sign project to learn more and schedule a demo of our magic rotor button. You're listening to the Brown Sign Project podcast. Um, and so you kind of touched on it earlier, you know, you you had these roles um, kind of working your way through through diving and aquariums, but that's not quite the role that you're doing today. So can you t- tell us about kind of the, the career not necessarily change but maybe a diversion to what you thought it was going to be yeah it's um it's it's an interesting one so I um I I had been doing a, a secondment uh which which was fantastic um and I got a really great opportunity to work in North America met some amazing people and and when I finished that I um was going back to the job I was doing before in in the aquarium industry um and and felt a little bit um like I, I just wanted a bit more of a challenge um, and I wasn't really sure what that should be um, and, and I, I you know I wasn't I wasn't in a in a crisis about it or anything like that I was still lucky to be enjoying what I was doing and I, I was approached about um, a, a job in safety with you know a wanting to fill a knowledge gap that they felt they had in terms of um, safety specifically in in the aquarium environment around diving around you know animal handling you know sometimes we have to move animals um for various reasons and obviously there's there's lots of things to think about with that it's quite a lot of planning involved in in all aspects and you know some treatments we have to do and and things like that and um my initial thoughts to be honest were "Mm, I don't yeah I don't think that's for me actually but I thought you know what let's have a conversation about it find out a bit more and so I I ended up meeting um with with a person who'd who'd been working in in health and safety and in all various aspects of of the entertainment industry such as rides and you know visitor attractions generally and it just made me think you know a lot of things that um 
I would like to improve processes and procedures on, um, I could end up having quite a big impact on this if I was to take this role. And also, I was very aware that I was working in a very niche environment. And, um, you know, I, th I think it's always been sort of drilled into me about, um, you know, having being able to diversify and having, you know, flexibility and things like that. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll have the opportunity to learn new skills um, to, to, you know, work with other areas of the entertainment industry. I might not like it, but I'm at a stage in my life where I've done this, this, this and this um, quicker than I'd sort of envisaged myself doing it. Um, and so I took a bit of a gamble and um, it's, it's really paid off. And, you know, I've been able to learn more skills um, to work in other areas of, of the industry. And I think fundamentally for me, as a person and my personality, both, both in and out of work, I, I get a big kick from, um, from helping people. And I feel like in the role that I'm in now in safety, I, I get so many opportunities to do that, um, to help people, um, to help them think about different ways of doing things. And I've really enjoyed, um, not, not to blow my own trumpet, but, but to, to help people understand that, you know, we're not necessarily people that stand around with a clipboard saying, yes, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. But using that experience I've had to say, OK, well, this could be better. I understand the environment that we need to apply these things in. And, and let's work together to to come up with another solution, you know, not just say, no, you can't do that. There's, a, there's an element of danger. But how can we how can we work together and understand this better? Um, and, it, and it's been it's been a real joy to, to learn. Um, my, my first day, I remember driving down for my induction and thinking, oh, gosh, what? what have I got myself into? I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot about these other things, but I've been really lucky in having, you know, a lot of support and, um, you know, being able to take various courses that have helped, but, but ultimately I think just being immersed in that environment and, um, and, and having good, good leadership to, to help me focus on, on what I need to achieve and, and when, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's what I do now. I love it. They my you made me laugh because you made me think of when people say about health and safety. And they, I think when we talk about health and safety, we kind of do have that idea that there's someone somewhere lurking saying, well, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and all the stuff that goes into risk assessing. And and because I, I, I never had a job in safety, but I, when I ran an attraction, you you have to do those things. You have Absolutely. to say, can we can we do it or not? And And I think anyone who tells you, well, you can't do that because of health and safety, it's kind of just fobbing you off. <laughs> oh, they absolutely are. And it's so frustrating, um, you know, especially for someone like me who, who really wants, you know, and we, we might not be able to do it the way that you have envisaged, but we can do it in another way. I've, I've been sat in an office before um, and, and it was around Halloween and I was just, you know, working away, minding my own business. And somebody said in, in the office room, he said, oh, can we, um, can we, can we dress up in costumes for Halloween? And one of the managers said, oh, no, we can't because of health and safety. I sort of <laughs> put my arms down on the table. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can help with that. You know, I don't necessarily have any you, issues. Let me write you a risk assessment. <laughs> yeah, let, let me help you uh, all dress up because I thought that's such a fun thing. And, and it's such, you know, those things that work, 
I really feel like they make a difference. Those, you know, like Christmas jumper day. It's just, it's, it's such a harmless, easy thing, but it just, it just makes the day more fun. And, and if we can do things like that, you know, we absolutely should. And, and as I said, that's, that's definitely an element of the job. I enjoy kind of changing those perceptions of, of health and safety. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's been a really great, journey to go on and and also just pushing myself more as well um in in learning stuff but but yeah you're right that it is an easy an easy kind of sentence for people when they they don't necessarily want to do something and they maybe want to go sort of pass it on to someone else uh yeah I love the idea of like we you know we work in an industry where routinely people are jousting or doing sword displays or working with birds of prey like infinitely you know working with sharks and you know like you say like yeah and feeding animals that are you know dangerous animals you know yeah kind of over egg it but they are you know they are not it's not your dog and your cat that you're working with and yet somehow we all manage you know these <laughs> absolutely these and and, and it's all about using you know the expertise of of those people who you know may, maybe are unsure about doing something and and you know working with them and to, to understand it and that's I think that's part of the fun because you end up learning so much stuff um you know for example um doing stuff with rides which which wasn't my background and um yeah I've learned really cool stuff about you know how we even what what happens before people even get on a ride and the ride's even built you know it's a really interesting process um there's so many things going on in the attractions industry, but, you know, work with your health and safety person. They do want to help. <laughs> they will help you. They're not just going to say no, or that, you know, they shouldn't. No, do. <laughs> no they shouldn't do. Uh, and I'm such an, a nerd for it. I love them. Um, I really have a fascination with um, rides in general. And I, uh, people laugh at me for this because I, I really like rides, but I don't like roller coasters. And um but I do find them fascinating. Like I think one of the most interesting things I've ever seen work, if anyone's been on Hex at Alton Towers. Oh, I is, love Hex. Is, um, well, I've ridden it once and I will not go back. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out. It's great. I, I love Hex. It's actually one of my favourites. Um, I'm extremely, extremely motion sick. So it was not a great, a great idea for me. But watching it, how it operates, watching it from the back and seeing the, the tech that goes into it yeah. is incredible. Really, really cool experience. It's a really great ride, actually. It's, it's one of my favourites. Um, it's actually one of the only ones my husband can go on as well because <laughs> he's, roller coasters and him don't don't agree with each other either. Um, but yeah, the because it, I mean, in in overall, it's actually quite a simple concept. But the effect, without spoiling it for anyone who hasn't been on it, the effect of it is is brilliant, and you're sat there thinking hold on a minute how's this working it's yeah. I love things like that it's so exciting yeah I think anyone who hasn't ridden it needs needs to get themselves to Alton Towers and definitely uh, have a ride because it's a it's an interesting concept it's a really good one <laughs> um and so I imagine kind of your job maybe not day to day is is quite stressful but in terms of you know when you've got these big projects on when you're traveling um you are under quite a lot of pressure. You know, there's a lot of responsibility that, that sits on your shoulders. Do, do you think you uh, like enjoy that pressure? And, and how do you kind of handle that, that when it gets a little bit too much? Like what would your advice be for someone who is in a high pressure role or maybe thinking about getting into that, those more responsible uh, positions? 
Yeah, that's that's a it's a good question. I think that um, I mean. <laughs> in any any job that there, there is an amount of stress um i i think when i've worked probably the most stressed i have been is when i have worked with um opening a new attraction um from scratch um you know deadlines multiple contractors um things like that and and i think as well then coming into the health and safety role you know there's always that element of of local legislation that you also need to fit um and understanding what that is in various countries um to be honest my my main advice i think to some people would probably sound counterproductive but it would be that you have to take breaks um you know if that's going for a 20 minute walk if it's not looking at your phone on your day off if it's just stepping away for five minutes and having you know going have a cup of tea um i think it absolutely refocuses you and helps you concentrate to your best ability you know i i've spoken to people before and that you know they're on a monday morning and they're like oh you know i've worked all weekend i'm so tired i you know i don't really know what i'm going to be doing today and, and i i think i've been guilty of it and it gets to a point where you know i've had it in the past where i've had so many things on that i've just sat you know at my computer just sort of staring at my screen thinking what am I going to do what should I start with and then before you know it an hour's gone by and you actually haven't done anything because you've just been so tired um and so taking those breaks is so important to help you refocus on things um and I think people get a bit afraid to do that because they've got so much on but you can't tackle things unless you're refreshed um and I think alongside that one thing that that I've um got quite good at and that 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 helps me a lot it doesn't doesn't necessarily work for everybody but is is organizing my diary um you know i have calls and meetings that, that are at certain times but then i have a you know a list of tasks that i need to do and i i will just block out time <clears throat> you know at this time between 10 and 11 i'm working on updating this policy uh then i'm you know working on this working on that and that that really helps me because I, I think otherwise you end up having a jobs list and you spend an amount of time just going, hmm, you know, what shall I do next? What should I start with? Yeah. And and you save a, a, a massive amount of time, I, I think, in in taking half of that time to just go through your diary for the week and go boom, 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 that then, that then, that then. Um, yeah. I, yeah, that's that's how I think I've I've dealt with it and it works for me. I think um, a bit of a shout out, there is a great book called Indistractable by Nir Eyal, which um, if, if you haven't read it, I would go and read it. It's a, it's a really, it's a, a pretty practical book about how you stop yourself being distracted. You know, that okay. there's times when you find you are under a lot of pressure. And like you say, you sit and sort of stare at stuff for an hour yeah. and think, actually, that hour could have been productive. And actually, it could have been productive with rest. <laughs> like, yes. if I'd actually yeah. spent that hour, I don't know, reading a book or painting or whatever, it actually would have been more productive than the hour spent stressing that I wasn't being productive. Yeah, it's it's just a very very interesting book about how you schedule your time better. Um, oh, that's and, a good and tip. Sort of, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a great book if uh, if if people want to, I'll put it in the the show notes for people to to check out. But um, yeah, it's definitely a good a good um sort of set of actionable things that you can do to really start to plan your diary because exactly the same like if you've got 10 hours of work to do but you spend an hour trying to figure out which one to do first you yeah. could have done that hour you know a lot better a lot quicker 
definitely exactly yeah exactly and and stopping yourself like you say kind of adding that extra pressure of I've now got to make a decision if if you can make that decision when you're not under pressure that relieves some of the pressure when you know when things are getting a little bit hairy and you need a bit of a yeah it does and I I think actually probably one other thing I should say is that um you know asking for help is absolutely not a problem um you know I've 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 had a I've been really lucky. I've had a string of, of really supportive um, managers and, you know, there have been, there's been times in my career where I've, I've wanted to say yes to everything because I want to help people. Um, but actually, you know, you can say yes, but say, look, I, I, I am going to help you with this, but I've got these other things on. And so um, can we, you know, look back at this, at, at this time. Um, and, you know, and I've, I've said, said to my manager before, look, I'm, um, you know, I've, I've got, this is what I've got on at the minute. Um, this, this task that, that you've given me, you know, is there any flexibility on, on the time of that? Um, it doesn't happen all the time, but, you know, I've never had a conversation like that where, where a manager's gone, absolutely not. You know, I need this, this time. Um, if anything, the other way of what, what can I pick up for you? You know, what can I do to help you? Um, and so absolutely ask, you know, for support. And um, even if that's just to say to somebody, I've got these tasks, you know, I'm not sure which one to start with. Um, you know, can, can you help me kind of prioritise them? Yeah, because I think as well, like you say, if you struggle to prioritise, having someone else do it for you is actually really refreshing. <laughs> you know, just even if you do it randomly, you know, you know, these things are going to take you a couple of hours just chuck them in just put some numbers yeah. against them and draw them out of a hat like whatever it takes to, to, makes to help fun. you yeah exactly yeah. right buy a nice hat <laughs> put some things in it That's see this is this day. is where indistractable tells me don't now go and look at hats <laughs> yeah happening. don't 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 go online shopping for hats for two hours if you've got jobs on <laughs> get someone else to buy the hat for you yeah. yes def- delegate the hat buying that's the yeah. top tip for everybody delegate the hat buying um speaking of top tips actually that is my next question so um we talked about kind of getting into the industry um but do you think there's any particular skills or things that you've done that sort of have made your life working in the industry better or things that you think oh I wish I'd known that like way back yeah I think flexibility is really important um and actually if you know what I was just saying about changing my career path you know I think being flexible with people for example if you work in an attraction um and you think well I you know I, I want to do the the animal talks in in the aquarium in this attraction I you know I don't really want to to operate a ride um you know by being flexible and helping other people out in in their departments because you are all one team in in a big attraction or you know a theme park or something like that um you actually might end up finding something that you really love uh, that you, you didn't know about and it also helps it helps show that you're a good team worker and I think then can lead on to um, you know other career prospects and and things like that and and I think it's really good in the industry generally um, and I think that tallies in as well to kind of seeking out relationships as well um, and you know a lot of roles aren't advertised um, I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's actually a, a very high percentage of roles in in the industry that, that that you know you will never see come up. But if you've 
you know, spent that time networking, seeking out relationships, chatting to people, going to conferences, um, whether they're just in, in your attraction or, or, you know, a group of attractions around you, you know, if you've got um, affiliations in, in the city you're in with, with other things like that. Um, that, you know, that, that helps you progress and, and or just doing courses and feeling more comfortable in, in that industry. And I think probably my last, my last piece of advice would be that it's really important when you're in the industry to develop those around you. Um, I think there's a lot of people who think, well, you know, I, I, I'm good at this job. I'm doing it really well. You know, I want the job security. And so I, I might, you know, keep all this kind of stuff to myself and, um, you know, want, want to make sure that, that I'm needed. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been guilty of, of feeling like that. You know, you think, well, I, you know, I, I, want, I want people to come to me and to know that I'm there to help and uh, want to be a valuable asset. But it, it ends up meaning you can, ne- you can never have a day off. You can never have a holiday. Um, and, and I think that although it takes time and effort and sometimes you feel like, like we were saying about being stressed, sometimes you feel like you just don't have that spare second. But there's so much joy from developing somebody and seeing them grow and seeing their career path and it really does help you out and if anything it gives you more job security because people can see that you're a team player and they see that actually you know you as maybe more of a leadership role if that's not something you're already in uh, and, and you know working in in that kind of area you know I, I worked with someone years ago who um, has ended up carving a very successful career in um in hr and and learning and development um which isn't something they went into but they were in a rides background and they had you know developed a lot of members of their team to go on and do other things and that was then spotted by this other team that they weren't really aware of actually we think you'd be good in in you know an L&D role um and yeah i think i think that's really important to do and put put that effort into developing those around you and i think that is when people are in that position, like I say, where they sort of squirrel their skills away and then try and hold on to that, is you really make a rod for your own back because Absolutely. when you need those skills in other people, or you let's say you want a day off, you want a bit go on holiday, is that you get stuck. And you know, we have this kind of running joke in the podcast is like people come into the tourist attraction industry and then they can never leave. You don't want to be in a position where you can never leave. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, one day you're going to want to move on and you're not going to want to leave people in the lurch. And, you know, you're going to need the skills of those people around you. Exactly. Yeah. And you also never know when those people might surpass you and be your boss. And I think that is a lot of thing that we forget when we're younger is we have kind of a cohort of people that we maybe start our careers with. We graduate at the same time and mm. they kind of feel like competitors but at some point, you know, you'll be ahead, they'll be ahead, whatever it might be. But you can help each other out, you know. Think- Absolutely. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. And I think that's one of the reasons I, I love the industry, because there's so many people with passions about different things that, you know, I'm really passionate about animals, you're really passionate about rides. And um, you end up making a lot of friends at work in this industry because you all have passion sometimes shared or just passion for the you know the industry as a whole and you know being kind to people and helping them out really costs you nothing and, and actually like you said you never know what's going to happen in the future and that you know you don't, don't do yourself a disservice and and you know squirrel everything away like you said 
Yeah, I think it's really, really important. Um, we, you kind of touched on, um, you, you're doing great and leading me into the next question, which is... Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that. Um, is, what is your why? Like, what motivates you? We've touched on quite a few things through the, through the podcast, but what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning nowadays? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's helping people for me. Um, you know, if I can improve a process, uh, if I can make their life easier, if I can, you know, step back and see people really enjoying an experience because we've made it possible and we've made it safe. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it's so fantastic. Um, and, and I think the, the variety as well of this industry um, and, and the company that I currently work for is, is brilliant, um, you know, and there, there are tasks that, you know, maybe can be um, repetitive that, that I think come with, with every job. But ultimately, you know, if someone asked me to explain a standard week at work, I, I could to an extent, but I'd get to a point where I'd struggle because there's just so many things and it's, you know, it's, this is happening over there, that's happening over there. Um, I'm helping someone with this and then we're doing that. And, you know, we're, we're trying to look at this, you know, how can we, how can we put somebody underwater reading a book to a group of school children and, you know, they're, they're underwater. The children obviously aren't, you know, things like that. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is so fun. Like, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just great. And, um, you know, if you can, see as I said seeing that the outcome of that um to me is 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 just yeah it's really fantastic and it, it probably sounds a bit cheesy but you know I, I I'll never forget the the first you know aquarium I was the curator of and on opening day when people came through and you, you know seeing them with their noses up against the glass like wowing at things it's the this you know the sense of achievement just wiped away all of the stress um that that had you know sort of preceded it and it's yeah it's it's a really it's a it's a great kick yeah I always say to people like that first day feeling will never be beaten yeah the difference is in our industry is you get up and you know you do it again the next day and the next day the next yeah yeah and I think I think that the thing for me about that the next day and the next day is is still having that variety which which is is you know really helpful for me um and yeah as I said something that definitely gets me out of bed it's always day one you always <laughs> yeah. get to open the doors afresh I do sometimes feel like it's day one um in in a good way and in a in a slightly kind of oh how am I going to approach this day uh but um that's all part of the fun I think yeah definitely um well thank you so much we are at the end of our questions so it's been fantastic to talk to you um thank you where can people find you if they want to reach out to you on LinkedIn and ask you those questions, which I'm sure they will now because you've said that they can. Um, where can people get hold of you? I, I would love nothing more, actually. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn as Lucy Handel hyphen Tendler. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at Scoobaloo. Um, either of those. Uh, yeah, please do reach out. I, I, as I said, I really would love to, to help anyone with any questions. Um, okay. Nothing would give me more pleasure. That's great. Thank you very much. We'll include uh, links to those uh, social media as well in the show notes so people can definitely find you and see what adventures you've been up to because I think they'll be surprised at the variation of things in your day. Yeah, 
yeah there's uh, a lot of a lot of aquatic stuff and an occasional bike thrown in on uh, on instagram but uh, hopefully it's not too dull <laughs> <laughs> awesome thank you so much brilliant thank you thanks for listening to the brown sign project in our next episode we talk to alistair otto associate commercial director of the science museum group Thanks again to our series sponsors, Staff Savvy and Stephen Spencer and Associates. The Brown Sign Project was edited by Paul Tyler. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Brown Sign Pod. <laughs>